0: This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello, all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing the latest IPL games this week, as well as taking a look at what position your favorite team might be occupying in the table and what their chances might be in the upcoming couple of uh, interesting days as far as IPL is concerned. To help me unpack it all, I have a special guest, Marvin. Hello, Marvin. Thanks for joining the podcast.
1: Hello, 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 Ajit. Thank you for having me. Thank you for this opportunity.
0: Uh, no worries. So, first of all, before we begin, um, I I connected with you on Twitter or we connected with each other on Twitter, I must say. And uh, thanks for reaching out. I saw your uh, videos on statistics that you've been publishing on YouTube. They've been very interesting. So, hence I thought, you know, we should have a chat and more so because you appear to be an RCB fan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, rooting for RCB for quite some time. And uh, now, since I'm actually based out of Bangalore over the last few months, uh, the bond and the connection has become that much more stronger. So yes, and in terms of statistics, yes, uh, it's very close to what I do professionally also to to relate to data and to connect with data. So passion for cricket and professionally working with data uh, is is combined together uh, in what I do in terms of YouTube and the other social
0: media platforms. Nice to hear. So, as they say, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day and so on, right? Absolutely. All right. So, before we get into the games we have planned, I would ask you, uh, what got you into cricket? I mean, I know you're from the subcontinent, right? So, not a lot of uh, encouragement is needed. It's not a rare sport like somebody living in the Netherlands or somewhere in Europe, but what got you into cricket?
1: Okay. So, basically, yes. uh, You're absolutely right. Being in subcontinent, South Asia, this is something very common. But for me, it began way back in 1992. I was uh, just eight years old back then. And the World Cup final, the 1992 final between Pakistan and England uh, game is something which is uh, stuck uh, in my memory. Because probably that was the first ever game that I watched uh, live uh, at that age. And, uh, and and all the memories of Wasim Akram picking up that hat-trick towards the end. And with winning the World Cup was probably the first memory I had. And then post that, uh, it just took off from there. And I think it really picked up a little bit more seriously in the 1996 World Cup, it was, which, which was played in the Indian subcontinent. And that fan following and that craziness at that time in the subcontinent uh, would have got a lot of lot of viewers and a lot of uh, uh, young generation uh, glued to the television and glued to cricket at that point in time. So I was, uh, you know, at that point is where I actually uh, started to uh, watch it very, very seriously and, and take it very, very seriously and play myself as well.
0: So that that is even more interesting to hear. So do you still keep in touch? Do you still play cricket at any level yourself?
1: Uh, so at the moment, not very frequently, to be honest. But yes, I uh, used to play um, maybe at the club level. Uh, maybe about uh, ten to twelve years back, I've played for the Bengal Club back in Mumbai. I've actually grown and bought up in Mumbai, so uh-huh. I've uh, played in Shivaji Park, etc. Uh, for a few years, and that's it. I think post that, not much of playing. <laughs> it was uh, back to uh, back to uh, you know. Uh, the official work, the college, and everything. So yeah, not much of playing these days, I would say. But definitely, uh, following the game is something that is very natural, and and, and it comes. Uh, it's 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 somehow in the genes of every South Asian.
0: Absolutely, and the IPL money now is even more enticing, right? So, even parents are these days saying, "Yeah, may, might be, might become a big IPL star. Who knows, right?" Um. Well, any interesting stories from your days, club uh, cricket days, interesting cricketing stories that you would like to tell us? Maybe you came across a player who knows, who's now a big name or maybe you yourself did something heroic or not so heroic on the field. Uh, so, yeah,
1: so basically um, I, I was uh, actually fast bowler back then and then yeah okay. i had uh, a few of my colleagues who had just started to emulate lasit malinga so lasit is very very difficult uh, very un- uh, awkward looking bowling action there was a lot of guys in the club who were uh, emulating his bowling action that is one of the fond memory that i have um, yeah i mean none of them that i know of is a is a big star yet uh, but then yes uh, they were quite uh, decent cricketers uh, playing around at club level back then so,
0: yeah, very fond memories of Abdul days. Nice to hear. OK, then, let's get into some of the games that uh, we were discussing uh, air as well. So, look, um, for me, maybe before we start taking a look at the games, if you were to take a quick look at the table, so your favorite RCB is back in the top four. They are the only team to have played 12 games, and well, One of these two teams today that are in action, Mumbai and Kolkata Knight Riders, will also have 12. But um, if we take a look at this table, you have Lucknow Super Giants, Gujarat Titans 1 and 2, Rajasthan Royals 3 and RCB 4. If somebody would have asked you at the beginning of this IPL, let's say 10 games into the league each, would this have been your top four? Uh,
1: Top two for sure top two 100% lucknow super giants and gt the way they started the tournament um i mean you could tell that this the teams that they have the depth in the teams that they have uh, is absolutely tremendous so top two it doesn't surprise me one bit uh fourth uh, spots 3 4 was always going to be that last minute scramble Uh, In every IPL season, you find this, that, uh, you know, the last three, four, uh, I mean, uh, the last two spots, uh, number three and number four, is something which uh, goes down right to the last game or the last week to decide that. But I'm not very surprised because my pick uh, at the start of the tournament uh, would have been Rajasthan Royals uh, as one of those four, apart from Lucknow Super Giants and Gujarat Titans. Uh, but the fourth one which I was expecting uh, to do well and get there was Punjab Kings. Now, I know I'm an RCB fan. I actually w- would have wanted RCB there and I'm happy that they are there. Uh, but uh, looking at the team composition, the team that uh, teams with which were both selected during the auctions or post the auctions uh, and, and the kind of uh, squad that they have, I would have presumed uh, definitely Punjab getting a sneak in there. But right now, uh i would i like the look of it being uh being showing a bit of biasness from bangalore side I, I like the look of it I, I like the top 4 which are there and there is a very popular uh sentiment in uh, across most of the social media platforms uh, they believe the current top 4 that we see now as we speak uh would be somehow the final four that would go in into the uh, playoffs
0: wow okay so you're going to tell me even um, Delhi Capitals or Sunrisers who, I mean, let's say they're on the little bit of uh, periphery, Punjab Kings might still have a chance, but you will see this four as the final four uh, qualifying?
1: Yeah, that's what, that's what I feel like. I think this should be the final four. Uh, there's, a, there's a very big mountain for uh, all the remaining ones to get in, uh, especially Punjab. I think Punjab, they need to win all three to get there, uh, given where they are at the moment. Uh, Delhi is really, really in a uh, big soup. They also need a lot of uh, the results going their way uh, and, and and of course, picking themselves up from where they have performed. Plus they've got some external issues with COVID, etc. So uh, that would be a, a bit of a challenge. Sunrisers find themselves, you know, momentum going away. The momentum is a very, you know, um, a, a very useful term usually Teams peak early or peak late, whatever this phenomenon is. Uh, Sunrisers Hyderabad find themselves in a in a position where the momentum is against them. Uh, they've lost uh, four on the bounce now after yes uh, after the weekend loss to RCB. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yes, so the, uh, turning the momentum back and and reshuffling the team for the final uh, let's say do or die sort of games would be difficult. So that's why. Um, there's a popular belief, and I believe myself, uh, being RCB fan, also uh, that these four should be more or less who would go through into the playoffs.
0: All right. Um, one thing I heard uh, that, uh, let's say, from your statistical uh, analysis perspective, you said about the depth of squads and so on. Was that all you based your uh, intuition or, or your study? that said that, you know, uh, because there are two new teams, Gujarat Titans and uh, LSG, right? But they both still had a depth in squad, but there were also some, you know, people who, let's say, um, were not very successful or were not outright match winners in their own squads, but they got a chance for, uh, to play in a new, uh, new squad. Do you think that made a change or is it just a clever combination that they have picked that keeps them going?
1: No, I, I guess, sir, that's a very good point that you bring in. Actually, it's a, I would say a combination of both. Um, uh, so I'll give you two examples, Okay, one from Lucknow and one from Gujarat Titans. And, and these are, uh, real good care study cases or case studies. You would, uh, if you put it that way, uh, from Lucknow super giants, uh, Kronal Pandya. And from Gujarat Titans, Rahul Devatya. Now, uh, if you look at when we had the eight format IPL team, uh, uh, of course, when you move to 10 format, of course, there would be some additional players who would get opportunity. But some of these guys get mainstream roles and mainstream responsibilities. And that's what has happened uh, in, in the case of Krunal Pandya. Krunal Pandya for Mumbai Indians, uh, statistically, if you look at it, and even uh, without without even looking at statistics, he was an option which was used by them to fill in two, three overs as a bowler and then uh, used as a uh, as a finisher, a dashing finisher towards the end with the likes of Pollard etc. And he did that role very very effectively. So you did not really expect him to come and pick wickets in the middle. That role was done by Rahul Chahar when he was when both of them were bowling together or playing together for uh, Mumbai Indians. Now uh, all of a sudden this season he moves to Lucknow Super Giants, new franchise. Maybe a slight change in the role definition and. All of a sudden, you see Krunal Pandya, the bowler, transforming and emerging out. Uh, Of course, he would have also worked on his skill set, no doubt about that. But you see that in, let's say, 10 games, if Lucknow would have played, majority of them, he has bowled his full quota of four overs. Now, that tells you a lot of things. If he has bowled a full quota of four overs, and he has also picked up wickets. That tells you that uh, the captain K L Rahul has got confidence uh, in him to actually pick up wickets in the middle and finish the full four overs. He's not a fifth bowler or a fill-in bowler. So that's one major uh, thing which which tells you as uh, in terms of the change in responsibility. Next guy is Rahul Tevathia for Gujarat Titans. Rahul Tevatia had limited role. When it comes to Rajasthan Royals in his previous franchise, he used to do the finisher's role. He does it even now, but they were used to they were using him as also a fifth sixth bowler combination there with uh, you know uh, uh, with in, in the spin department. But here uh, he is hardly or very rarely required because that's how good Gujarat's uh, you know uh, Gujarat's lineup is or uh, bowling lineup is. So he he has been given that front line role as a finisher, and he has done. Uh, magnificently well as a finisher because of added responsibility to bat along with David Miller. So, yes, uh, bo- both of what you mentioned is, has come into play for all of these uh, players to fire in and then these new teams to gel so well together.
0: I hear you. That 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 indeed uh, seems to be a very shrewd uh, pick from the owners. The other question is, um, you know, the top teams, or usually the most Successful teams in the history of IPL, right? Mumbai and Chennai. They often don't do very well once the um, you know, the first big auction happens, or maybe the next consecutive big auction happens. They are historically not very good in the following season. Why is that? Any thoughts? Uh
1: that's a difficult one because that's that depends on how the you know on the, the team composition is and how how the uh how the management within the setup is there because right now it's, it's a bit of a most of the setup is new. Uh, the retentions were only 3 three players each so uh, a lot of the players have been shuffled across so I would believe uh, once whoever wins this year uh, and in the next year's IPL uh, when, when they take place, I don't think there will be much of shuffling and reshuffling around but uh, to add to your point the other way to look at it is also the fact that uh, there will be a lot of data and analysts which are there for every team, right? So there will be a lot of analysis done between the breaks, you know, between one between one IPL ending and the other one starting. Uh, there will be a lot of data coming on the table for the teams to analyze few things which they would have not picked up, uh, you know, that that closely. Uh, so yeah, maybe that could be another factor where teams come a little bit additionally prepared uh when the next seasons come around against those same teams who've done well.
0: right now coming to the games from saturday your favorite rcb uh, seem to be back in the winning mode they have uh, beaten uh, sunrises rather comfortably in the previous game they were embarrassed 68 all out but now they have won uh, by 67 runs uh, make uh, does it make you happy
1: Oh, yeah, so that number 67, 68 seems to be uh, something very, very, uh, you know, which strikes out during this. Yes, so I was, I mean, it's a big net run rate boost more than anything else. Um, uh, I mean, it definitely makes me happy because the way in the first half of the tournament, the team uh, was panning out, the batting was panning out. Uh, you see things improving, although a lot of eyeballs are open- focused. Attention goes into Virat Kohli, and rightly so. But uh, leaving him uh, there, the batting is coming together. There is a bit of a flow and momentum within uh, that top four, top five, which you, which you, which was missing in the first half for R- RCB. So that is something which is very heartening. And the other thing which was a very big positive is that always you find that uh, guys like Hazelwood and Harshal Patel were the guys who were standing up with the ball and you got we're uh, not getting much support from siraj and and hasaranga didn't quite uh perform the way he was expected to uh, although he did decently well before the before the game on saturday but you saw that hasaranga stepped up and he picked up five wickets uh, the rest of the bowling kept on rallying around them so it a lot of positives coming out of that game and and definitely to add uh, the cherry on top of the cake was uh, a super huge net run rate gap, which uh, which 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 has given them the position and and, and where they are placed in the table uh, as it stands.
0: The other one was also very one-sided, surprisingly, right? LSG is sort of more or less booked their uh, position in the knockouts, but Kolkata Knight had everything to play for, and irrespective of uh, Andrew Russell's superlative efforts, they couldn't get there. What do you think is ailing this team, KKR?
1: so kkr is a very interesting story and an interesting analogy but uh, it it baffles a lot of uh, cricket followers and i'm pretty sure a lot of kkr followers as well uh, in in the year 2020 ipl 2020 kkr had seven openers seven openers you know seven combinations that they changed last year t- t- last year 2021 uh, they looked a bit of a settled lineup, especially during the second leg of the IPL, which moved to Dubai, uh, which moved to UAE, where most of their games they played on surfaces which suited them and suited their spinners. Their spin trio of Sunil Narayan, Varun Chakravarti, and Shakibul Hassan That though that was the formula uh which helped choke a lot of teams. And of course, you had the brilliance of Venkatesh Iyer. So those factors helped them perform. And they were one of the best teams in the second half of the IPL last year. And of course, they were the finalists as well. But for some reason, they keep going back to this experimentation mode. Now, even in today's game, as we speak, the Mumbai KKR game, they mm-hmm. have, for this game alone, they have made five changes. I mean, yeah. one is because, of course, they don't really have much chances of qualifying. But even before today's game, if you see, uh, they have made so many changes for their lineup within their lineup. It, it it seems as though, I mean, this is something from an outsider point of view, but this is what the impression the outsiders are getting. It seems as though the team is revolving around three, three major players. Uh, Shriya Sayer, because he's the captain and probably the best, their best batsman at the moment. Uh, Sunil Narayan and Andre Russell, as you said. So these three play a huge role. They are the key star players for sure. But it seems as if a lot of rotation of players, both batting and bowling, is revolving and and moving around these uh, three, two-three or three-four names. Uh, so, which mm. which which actually tells you that it's not a settled lineup. It they don't have a settled strategy. Now, even if you compare this with Mumbai Indians, who kept on losing four, five, six games on the trot, their changes in strategy were not as frequent as KKR. So that is something which is a call-out that. Uh, why do you want to frequently tinker around with your playing eleven? You have got fantastic talent there, fantastic squad. But the amount, the frequency of changing is, is I think, a bit too much. And, and that's what I feel is something that they really have to watch out for uh, if they have to get anywhere close in the coming season next year.
0: All right. All right. Then the thriller from uh, Saturday where... You know, um, a high-scoring thriller where Punjab Kings made a very uh, good 189 for five. But that was not enough because uh, Rajasthan Royals ended, ended that game with two balls to spare. And uh, what looked like a comfortable chase. Padikal has been demoted and Yashasvi Jaiswal has been bought into the 11. He immediately paid dividends. Bob Butler is still going strong, right? And Samson has been making crucial contributions. But with Hetmeyer leaving, Hetmeyer here has just left. Because uh, he's now gone back to home, awaiting uh, a birth of a child. Will this really make much of a difference for uh, Rajasthan Royals for the rest of the campaign?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a huge, uh, huge, uh, uh, you know, a place where there'll be a bit, bit of a hole for them. However, this also means a massive, massive opportunity or additional opportunity and responsibility on the shoulders of Ryan Parag. Uh, now the role which Hetmeyer used to play or has played was invaluable this season. Even last season when he was playing for, for Delhi, some of those finishes and the flowing shots that he used to play uh, was brilliant. And, uh, uh, and and that will be definitely something uh, which will be missed out. So uh, I would say additional responsibility for Rian Barak will be something will be look uh, look forward to. Otherwise, it's a very settled lineup with Rajasthan.
0: All right. Now, coming to the other game, the last game of this weekend, uh, Chennai Super Kings and Delhi Capitals. Delhi Capitals really hurting their chances in the last week or so?
1: Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, I think uh, the batting uh, was something which was kind of dependent on how David Bonner's form has been. And and he is playing some really good cricket. Uh, But yes, they needed contributions uh, from the captain, Rishabh Pant and Mitch Marsh and the other guys to stand up and perform as well. Uh, There have been performances by them, but it's been uh, few and far between when it comes to Delhi. But one of the biggest things with Delhi uh, when they started the season is that they went in with a diluted bowling attack. Now with Delhi, if you talk about IPL 2021 and 2020, although it's not a fair Uh, Fair comparison because the teams have changed, the auctions have happened, etc. But still, uh, both those seasons, last couple of seasons, Delhi were comfortably qualifiers into the uh, playoff. They qualified into the playoff comfortably. They were not the teams who had that scramble for that fourth spot or so. They were very early qualifiers, a, a team which broke out quite early. And then mm-hmm. that happened because of the bowling combination that they have. They had brilliant uh, five five bowlers who played consistently in most games. Rabada, Nokia, Aksar Patel, Ashwin uh, and they had Avesh Khan. And un- unfortunately, they were only able to retain Aksar Patel and Nokia this season. So there was a lot of pressure on the guys like Khalil, Kuldeep, uh, who did have a good season and who did... Uh, quite okay, I would say, but they had a very big, uh, you know, gap to fill in terms of their bowling. The batting was always explosive on paper, and they have delivered, uh, let's say, so there and thereabouts. And and but their bowling was something which massively got diluted with the current bowling attack. There are there is a four to six over period, like you know, a quota of one bowler and one and a half bowler, where teams can easily target and then get to about 12, 13 runs and over. And imagine mm-hmm. those six overs going for 73 runs, uh, for one or two weaklings in the bowling uh, can be costly. And the batting has to do a lot of covering up on account of this. So that has been one of the issues with Delhi and unfortunately, they also had this COVID outbreak within their setup, which nobody can control and, uh, that also had a bit of an impact on the field as well. So you see, as uh, in the last couple of games, uh, their performances have been going, uh, dipping down. And I'm uh, uh, just hoping that they end the season on a high or end the season on a, on a positive note that there's something that they can look forward to in the coming season.
0: Right, right. Uh, to be frank with you, I'm also a bit underwhelmed by their retentions, right? Panth. Has not had that breakthrough innings this season and Norkia and Aksar Patella have been a bit disappointing for me because uh, such a lot of uh, you know faith and such a lot of uh, um, the respect was shown that they were retained but unfortunately they have not been able to also turn turn about the same performances that you may expect that they could have at least once uh, as a skipper he's okay Absolutely. but you know as a batter maybe I thought he was a bit disappointing now coming to the game that's currently in progress Mumbai are uh, 58 for two In the 9 overs and they need uh, 107 out of 64. So, Mumbai, well, Bumrah is sort of back in form. He was always very parsimonious this season, but today he took a 5-4, almost unheatable.
1: Yeah, that is a very, very heartening sight uh, for a lot of uh, the fans, a lot lot of Team India fans. uh, Because this game, if you see, as we discussed, uh, has very little consequence to the playoffs. But if, if an Indian fan uh, is watching, on, uh, even if it's a neutral fan or if uh, even if it's a, a fan who's supporting Mumbai or KKR, would want some of the big India names to start firing who have not fired. Someone like uh, uh, Ishan Kishan, Rohit Sharma, uh, Jaspreet Kumra, uh, Varun Chakarpathy to start to get his mojo back, which he lost this season uh, in terms of his confidence. And of course, uh, Benkatesh Ayer also uh, to get, regain some part of his confidence and the form back the way he performed uh, this season versus last season. So some of those uh, names who are close to the Indian national team setup up uh, need, needed to uh, get back into the groove and, and that five wicket of Umrah is uh, is music to a lot of the Indian fans here, for sure.
0: Right. Then the elephant in the room, a certain Mr. Kohli. Will he get his yes. motor back in time, or is it time he stopped playing T20 cricket? Maybe focused on the longer format only.
1: Um, I'm not so sure whether that would happen uh, in terms of focusing back to Test cricket. But I think uh, yes, every Indian fan wants him to get get him back into the into into the groove. He scored about 80 runs in two games, 50 and 30 uh, before he, the last game uh, where he got out for his first ball duck. Uh, but those games you could see from the way that he played he was starting to get his groove back but most of those runs were h- runs with hard work you know hard work and runs rather than the regular flowing soothing runs that you see from virat kohli so so that's that's something that all the indian fans are waiting for uh, you know to to come through and hopefully in the last few games
0: that does happen well let's see because for me Look, his game is sort of based around being more uh, playing straight, not taking unnecessarily risks, because this is a guy who sort of has a mindset of playing long, not giving his wicket away, right? It's very interesting that way when you see that um, he's sort of, he's not one of those out and out hitters. He will, he'll never be an Ishan Kishan that way because he grew up with a different mindset, right? So for me, maybe it is time if. Okay, it's okay, right? The Indian golden generation in 2007 also stepped back. They said, "Send these, uh, send the new kids. Let's see what's possible." And that's when, with the freedom of expression, the new kids won the tournament, right? Is it time? Maybe even Rohit Sharma pulls back. Is that even a realistic thing for you? Uh,
1: yes. So uh, those questions are, are very pertinent questions. But uh, I would say uh, I don't see them happening at least over the next 12 months, at least. Um, something that could un- unravel in between 12 to 18 months. But when you're talking about the T20 World Cup this year, which is in October, uh, definitely I don't think those moves would uh, would occur anywhere uh, during this year. But yes, that's a, a very fair call. Uh, if someone's struggling and if someone is mentally not there, it's not about the skills, it's about where you are in a mental space. So if mentally, if that is something which is uh, impacting you and impacting the team eventually, then yes, uh, the call, the fantastic example of 2007 that you gave uh, is something that needs to get revisited uh, at least in the next 12 to 18 months for sure.
0: All right. Let's see in a couple of months, uh, we may get some surprises or not. Right. And uh, well, that was uh, the IPL section. And uh, before we leave it, I have to ask you, uh, whom do you see winning the IPL this time? Will it be Isla Akapnam there or something else? So I would, I would
1: say the, uh, the team which would end at uh, you know the first and the second place or who are at first and the second place now, I would I would see a new team winning. So it's either Lucknow or GT. Uh, I, I I would really see them one of those two teams going through. Or if you're talking about teams have not done it probably Bangalore also can do it but that's what I'm I i uh, I'm hoping that would happen but uh, I would strongly feel given the current form and the depth in the teams and the way that they have snatched uh, victory from the jaws of defeat so many times I would presume Gujarat Titans or Lucknow Super Giants uh, have a very very strong chance this time.
0: All right so for the first time after the beginning maybe a new team that's uh, constituted will win the IPL after the first season ever let's see how that goes okay absolutely so more heartbreak for our uh, Bangalore fans but okay if you're a Bangalore fan you're a cricket tragic you're used to it right absolutely <laughs> all right now moving on to the cricket news from uh, other uh you know other parts of the cricketing world so to say Ben Stokes has been confirmed as the England captain and uh, he's asked for a He's asked for unselfish attitude from his players and he's told Joe Root he'll play at 4. He's hinting Broad and Anderson will come back into the 11 and so on. So, do you see this as a major turnaround in English cricket or is this not going to be enough, do you think? No, I, I, w- I would
1: really see this as, as a turnaround. Uh, whether it turns out to be a major one which is uh, completely disproportionate or not, remains to be seen, but I would definitely see a turnaround. uh, Reason being that the entire management also has uh, gone through a revamp. You have Robert Key now, uh, who is the director. So, uh, you know, when the management turns around, and of course the team uh, and the guy in charge also changes, a lot of the strategic decisions, uh, I would assume, would also uh, have that bit of tweaking that would happen, at least from a batting lens. For England in Test match cricket, uh, uh, their worries start from the batting side uh, in terms of their performances over the past twenty-four to thirty-six months. Uh, the way the batting uh, has performed, be it home and away. So I think from a batting lens, you would see a lot of uh, structural changes happening uh, with uh, either team selection and, and the way uh, things have gone. But uh, but. To be honest, I don't see much changes happening in the bowling side of things. You know, you mm. still have Broaden and Anderson, who would be, you know, uh, who would be the center of how you plan your resources with the ball or how you plan your transition. Who is going to be your next pack leader uh, of your bowling attack? So a lot of that succession planning, transition from the bowling side, and the plans that they've been using might go through a gradual change. But I, I I see rapid changes happening within batting setup. Uh, if I have to break it down between batting and bowling uh, in Test match cricket for England,
0: right. In that case, do you see any new names uh, being introduced into the eleven? Some uh, sterling performers across the county cricket. Any any anybody would, jump jumps out yeah, at
1: you? I would say that some of the guys who didn't quite get opportunities uh, previously uh, may get uh, a look in. Uh, but i'm excited to see one particular name which is matt parkinson matt right. parkinson is a leggy from lancashire uh he's i've watched few of his games uh with white ball format uh, not not much of uh, uh you know uh, understanding of how he does on in in the divisions and in the red ball format but uh, he could be a very very interesting addition to the to the to the, to the red ball team uh with matt parkinson in so, I, I'm excited to if he gets an opportunity.
0: Right. I mean, from one uh, you know player who is looking for an opportunity to another, Cheteshwar Pujara, he's been doing great things for Sussex this uh, county season. Do you see him breaking into the Indian uh, 11 for tests, at least when India go visit England, maybe?
1: Uh, I, I suppose so. It makes more logical sense that that uh, happens. Uh, I know he has been dropped uh, or he was dropped very recently in the last uh, test series when India played at home. But uh, because it's going to be a one-test match uh, which they would complete from last year's series, I, I would uh, it, it would make logical sense uh, to have Pujara there in the squad given the amount of county cricket that he would have already been played, accustomed to uh, the conditions there. Uh, And so he would be a very vital piece of uh, um, the cog of the Indian batting, plus a lot of vital inputs from his side uh, for the rest of the team uh, would Hmm. be extremely, extremely uh, important. And I I would see uh, that if he gets dropped, it would be a very big tactical blunder. Uh, at least for that England series, for sure, for that one-off Test match, uh, all important one, uh, given the fact where the series stands and and given the position at which uh, we would resume at two one, uh, I would definitely would want to see Pujara there with his form, the know-how of the conditions, and all the tactical uh, tactical information that he will input into the squad, uh, being there for you know such a long time before the trip actually starts.
0: Well, interesting, interesting perspective. I dare say he'll make the squad. Whether he'll make the 11 or not, uh, well, will remains to be seen. But I'm as enthusiastic as you are for Pujara to get another opportunity. He's one player who probably deserves to uh, get one more look in. Right. He only plays one format and is uh, sort of dedicated to an old school start of uh, cricket. He was, by the way, he's won an IPL, right? He didn't play a game, but he won an IPL with Chennai being a part of a squad. But okay, that's uh, by the by. Now, um, moving on, um, so MLC, the Major League Cricket and Kolkata Knight Riders have teamed up and they're planning to build a 10,000-seat uh, stadium uh, somewhere in California. It's not very far from Los Angeles, so it's also a good place. They are saying this might actually be ready by the 2024 World Cup, which is, uh, you know, uh, which is something they are also angling towards. Do you see this as a major move, uh, you know, in terms of where cricket is going? is usa the next destination to conquer for cricket
1: yeah of course i think that will be that untapped market uh, which they would need to uh, dig deeper and tap into and uh, once the investment comes from uh, indian resources uh, i would assume that uh, the, i mean it will go deeper because there have been uh, let's say collaborations or in uh, Tournaments in the past, or, or attempts to involve uh, USA into uh, into international cricket in the past. The one thing which is uh, in in my memory, twenty fifteen. Uh, I think there was an all star uh, series. It was a three match all star series played mm-hmm. on a baseball stadium uh, right. where all these all stars were playing as a part of the squad. That is something which is which was very popular. But apart from that, there have been. A lot of these tournaments, from time to time, where US team has been, uh, the US public has been given the opportunity to look at what cricket has to offer. But I think with this partnership, I would, I would say that this would be, this would go a bit more deeper than what has happened for cricket in, uh, in, in US.
0: All right. So, you know, MLC has been luring away a semi-successful or moderately successful players from all over the subcontinent as well sort of giving them new homes, new careers, and so on. You have Chand from India and many other players, right? So it remains to be seen if you know, uh, cricket can actually crack this one market, which is very much financially very, uh, very uh, driven in terms of what they want to deliver to their, uh, uh, to their crowds, right? So, so sometimes even the rules of the game can be tweaked if that's what it means, can benefit the crowds. Cricket is actually a game that has actually fought this sort of a thought process completely where uh, they've always looked to, you know, say these rules are in place for 200, 250 years. We will not change it. For example, timings, um, how long a game can take, whether, you know, the condition of the ball, the way it remains and so on and so forth. Uh, Injection of America into, you know, uh, this this game being taken seriously in America might not be that bad a thing at all. So I, I also look forward to maybe, you know, some interesting things that might happen once MLC becomes a real thing. And, uh, you know, it becomes a real viable option even for players who would like to maybe go and uh, end a few years of their career there and, you know, last few years of their career there and uh, try to see if they can uh, contribute to cricket, but also make a living and then look out, look, look out for other things. So it, it might become a viable retirement destination for cricketers, do you think?
1: Yes, yes, uh, especially we have a lot of those examples from IPL. Uh, uh, like, as you mentioned, a lot of the players who are at that stage in their career uh, and I think uh, for them this could also be that additional avenue that they can look look at.
0: All right. From, from the new world to a very, very old world uh, institution, MCC, they have appointed uh, Mr. Uh, Stephen Fry as the president-elect uh, for MCC for 2023. Uh, he'll take over uh, on October uh, 1st, like every MCC president. Do you think uh, this is a very good appointment? Are you happy with this?
1: Um, Not so sure. I'm not really sure of what impact Stephen Fry would bring in. But uh, yeah, uh, it's always refreshing to have changes happening. And I think MCC has been one institution who has had changes happening at a slower pace in the past. So uh, let's see if this new appointment changes anything.
0: Um, yeah, um, I sort of agree with you because they they, were, they had started moving. They appointed a woman to the chairman you know, post. They appointed a person for the first time, uh, first time ever, to have two consecutive years uh, Sangakara, right? All of these looked like they were sort of trying to also change with the times. But this is more a little bit more who you know rather than who you are potentially. Because uh, I can myself think of four or five really eligible uh, candidates who are MCC members who could. Have been appointed presidents, but uh, we'll park it for now. I'm, I must say I'm also not very, not very happy. But then, look, it's a small club somewhere in England. They sort of have a big say in how the game, uh, games rules are made. But uh, I don't know if it will affect much of the new cricketing world as well. Look, the new cricketing epicenter is in Dubai, right? And. Uh, Let's see what that means. Uh, Maybe Stephen Fry has a few new ideas. I'm always willing to listen. I have a lot of time for him as an artist. So maybe he'll also bring the same, uh, you know, uh, that uh, laissez faire attitude and a little bit of joie de vivre that he brings to everything he does. Let's see if he can also do that for cricket. Now, the Netherlands coach Ryan Campbell, we get some good news that uh, he's actually been uh, discharged from the hospital. There is no heart damage uh, long term, at least for him. and. he's he's expected to come back as the coach of netherlands in a couple of weeks um what do you think uh what do you think about uh you know this news do you think uh yeah. he'll still be happy to come back to netherlands and coach full time
1: so that's always a pleasing news that he's recovered so that's uh, that's great to hear uh, he's got this amazing uh, experience of first class cricket that he's played uh through a very very uh, different sort of formats across. He's played in first-class cricket in uh, Australia, of course, uh, some first-class cricket uh, over the county circuit in England. So, given all of his experience, um, I would say that would be invaluable for the Dutch team. But, uh, uh, I mean, this, these are something which will investments, which will uh, reap benefits after a period of time. So, definitely we cannot expect that the results would would come in immediately but yes that that's a very uh, big resource a valuable experienced resource that the dutch players and maybe particularly the younger dutch players would be uh, you know uh, interested to understand and learn from him
0: from one uh, dutch uh, team to another player who potentially could have played for the dutch team so there is a west indian player called KC Carty. I don't know if I pronounced his name correct. Maybe it's KC Carty. He's now part of the West Indian squad that will tour Netherlands later this year. This guy is from St. Martin, which uh, sort of is still a domain of the Netherlands. So it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting homecoming for him. I don't know if you saw this news that uh, they've included a lot of other new players, whereas some uh, experienced players like Jason Holder, Shimran Hetmeyer, and even Lewis will not be a part of uh, West Indian teams battle tour uh, Netherlands. Does this surprise you at all?
1: No, it doesn't surprise me because uh, uh, this has been a trend uh, with a lot of teams who have toured uh, Ireland, Netherlands, etc. where they try and test their fringe players and they try and test their fringe talent. So, uh, this, def- this move definitely doesn't uh, surprise me at all uh, when it comes to Uh, testing new players and some of the old, uh, let's say not older, but experienced players resting uh, because we have a lot of the big ICC events happening in the second half of the year. So that's something which was, I would say, on the expected lines.
0: Right. I mean, look, the same squad is also expected to tour Pakistan. I don't know how much this had an impact when these players were making their decisions or potentially they were asked to rest. I don't know how it goes, but yeah, we'll get to read more of this as the time goes on. So in any case, I'm looking forward to hopefully going and catching a game in that series, but let's see what will, what really transpires in the next couple of months. Now, the last piece of news that I wanted to discuss is not very encouraging. If you are a cricket fan, because uh, the Asian games that was supposed to go on in September in China has now been postponed because of COVID-19 and uh, well, The cricket uh, was sort of has been introduced and has been uh, there in uh, Asian Games since 2010, 2014 as well. Uh, 2018, they decided to not have it. But this was going to be a big avenue for uh, the minor teams that played cricket, Asian Games. Uh, Do you ever see cricket making uh, its way into these multi format, multi team, uh, big worldwide tournaments like the Olympics, Asian Games? Do you think that'll ever happen? So that will take
1: some time to happen. But of course, the only medium and the best medium for cricket to get into this sort of a format is definitely T20. Uh, There's absolutely no question about that. So T20 will be the format which will push into uh, globalization. And and that's where I think Commonwealth, Asian Games, uh, all of these are very, very important platforms for the game to get that. Uh, limelight and and that acknowledgement from for for a lot of these fringe uh, our uh, let's say associate nations to to develop and also when it will be played in a uh, in a country or in a hosting country which doesn't really host cricket uh, mm. would also be a brilliant uh, place where you know have where you have expats the uh, subcontinent expats who would promote this game and then make it big. So, uh, yes, it would go there eventually, but uh, it has been a slow process getting there from what uh, we've witnessed so far. That is a big blow that uh, uh, the Asian Games has been uh, postponed, and that would have been a great opportunity in the Chinese market. And a lot of these associate countries, as you rightly said, uh, have missed out that opportunity for now. So whenever it does get rescheduled to, Uh, This is something from a globalization point of view, which cricket fans need to look forward
0: to. Yep, indeed. Let's see uh, if cricket can still break into some of the bigger sporting and, uh, you know, otherwise markets out there. All right. Those are all the topics that I wanted to discuss with you today. Um, Thanks a lot once again for participating in our uh, podcast. Before we let you go, would you like to maybe give a shout out uh, about your work, your online uh, you know your online presence yeah. and so on
1: yeah yeah so thank you so much once again uh, for having me and giving this opportunity ajit and uh, uh, so as i uh, as i mentioned uh, so i uh, having closely worked with data uh, and and working with data professionally and also being uh, following and uh, loving cricket throughout. So combination of data and cricket together, I, I thought of putting together uh, a, a, a sort of a brand for myself uh, under the name of Mervyn's Crickviz. So I have my YouTube channel, which is uh, under the same name Mervyn's Crickviz, which I started back in October 2020. Uh, and under the same name, I do have my Twitter as well as uh, Instagram. Uh, handles and accounts under Mervin's request. So my uh, my effort here is to uh, analyze the game in a, in a slightly niche format with the help of statistics, and 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 try and um, uh, try and reach out to audiences not merely. Uh, not not merely uh, having stat padding or, or, or giving out statistics as such, but also to open up an avenue of analysis into uh, with the help of statistics. So just to give you an example, uh, one of my latest uh, posts or videos on, on YouTube and uh, also I've uh, broadcasted in, in, on Instagram and Twitter as well, uh, is on the role of finger spinners. So basically you would know that uh, across all the T20 formats, whichever league you talk about, and even in international cricket, uh, teams are preferring wrist spinners who have that added advantage and who have been doing so very well uh, across. But the role of a finger spinner is becoming sort of a diminishing, extinct, or or a very, very rare species now. Uh, So this particular video, I have tried to look out of what are the various ways how the finger spinner is keeping himself or herself relevant in the T20 format. So that is basically described in the video of either you have, either you call yourself as an all rounder, have a multi-dimensional ability, or you uh, use all these different types of variations to create uncertainty with the help of Doosra, Carambol, all the different types of variations to keep, to keep the uh, batsman guessing. And finally, you play around with pace, like the like as we spoke earlier in the show of Krunal Pandya. Uh, he's a prime example of who plays around with variation of pace. He's not really a finger spinner, let's say, uh, technically or traditionally. So that's a kind of an example of one of my latest post or the latest video that I have posted, and and I intend to do stuff which is similar around statistics, but also some key analytical part of it. So for example, there was one piece on dot balls, uh, which I did back in 2020. It's a very old one, but mm-hmm. it was, how is dot balls related to the uh, the percentage of wickets uh, a particular bowler has taken in an IPL season. So for, in that example, you had, you had uh, the likes of Kagiso Rabada who mm-hmm. had about 75% of his boat deliveries in his bowling spell in the T20 game, which were dot balls. And at that point he was the highest wicket taker or he won the purple cap, uh, when he played for Delhi, uh, in that season. So those are the kind of analysis or those are the kind of correlations with the help of data, which I, which I love doing. And of course the love for the game is something which is unparalleled. So uh, I, I, I enjoy doing, uh, uh, uh such such things and I intend to continue uh, doing the same.
0: Very nice to hear. I wish you all the best in your endeavors and uh, maybe hope to have you back again uh, in some, uh, some time on the podcast. Well, when it comes to a quick update about the game currently ongoing, it looks like uh, Patrick Cummins remembers what was dealt to him by uh, Jasprit Bumrah today and he's dealing it he uh, in heaps and spades again, short bowling and he's taken two wickets in an over now and uh, Mumbai seems to be sinking a little. They have Pollard on the other end. Let's see if he can perform some magic. Thanks a lot, Marvin. And I wish all our listeners a good day wherever they may be listening from. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Ajit. Bye-bye. Good day. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.